Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. Happy Thanksgiving for those of you who are here in the United States. And wow, this is my favorite, favorite holiday. I really do love seeing families getting together and connecting and making time for each other. And I know that this holiday this year is definitely different to previous years. And there's very much, you know, lots of different experiences that people might be having. Perhaps you're missing your family, you're not able to get together with them. Um, maybe you, you know, have family members who have passed or who are sick right now, and it's a really, really interesting time. So I want to just send you love today, wherever you're at, whether you're celebrating the holiday alone or with family, or if you're not celebrating the holiday, and really just to take this moment to honor whatever experience you're having in your life. And I'm excited to share this podcast episode with you today. And you'll see at the end of the episode, I really mentioned how just being in this conversation with my guest, Kelsey, really uplifted my energy and uplifted the frequency in the conversation that we're in together. We talk a lot about magnifying your radiance um, and really overcoming certain unhealthy relationship patterns that many of us get into and don't even know that are happening. So the specific pattern that we're going to be talking tonight is talking about today in the podcast is over-functioning and getting out of the dynamic of over-functioning or under-functioning in relationship so that you can cultivate a relationship where you don't abandon yourself, where you are honoring yourself fully and where you can create healthy relationship dynamics with other people. So I'm excited to dive into the episode with Kelsey today. And before I introduce her, I want to share with you about a really exciting workshop that I have coming up. And it is a workshop that I do only once a year. It is called Desire, and it is my half-day manifesting workshop. I really love to host a workshop towards the end of the year to help you to get clear on what you're manifesting for the next year. So in this case, what this manifesting workshop is going to be, it's going to be a live intimate experience on Zoom. It is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on December 12th. And this workshop, what we're really going to do is help you to get crystal clear on what you're deepest soul desires are right now, how to connect with that versus what your ego is trying to tell you and the fears that get in the way, 
really help you to get clear on that. And we do that through some of the processes that I walk you through, visualizations, meditations, a hypnosis exercise that we do together, and then supporting you in releasing the subconscious limiting beliefs, anything around um, lack of worthiness and not feeling like you deserve what you are calling in. So we're going to be doing a lot of deeper mindset work together. And I'm also going to give you my personal manifesting blueprint, the step-by-step guide on how to call in whatever it is that you desire. Maybe you're desiring to call in more money in your business, um, call in your soul clients, call in your soulmate, uh, call in new soul sisters, move to a new place and call in whatever you're desiring in 2021 and going to be supporting you in walking through the manifesting process. So it's going to be super fun. Again, it's called Desire and it is going to take place on December 12th. And right now I have an early Black Friday sale So it's 50% off, which means that it's only $111 and that expires tomorrow, November 27th at midnight. So if you'd like to join me for this amazing workshop, it's usually 222. Like I said, for Black Friday, it's only 111 and you can click on the link in the show notes or come on over to my Instagram at amynatalieco and click on the link in my bio to join. There are only 20 spots available. It's a super intimate experience and I absolutely love love getting into this magical space together of creating the time and space so that you can get clarity on everything that you're calling in. So the first step is clarity and that's what we're going to do. We're moving the blocks, really understanding the manifesting process. And I'm so excited to share this experience with you. All right, let's get into introducing Kelsey. So Kelsey Grant is a love and relationship educator based out of Vancouver, Canada. She's passionate about providing relational education and supporting the development of relational skill sets we didn't get in school, but absolutely need in order to create love worth having. As the founder of the Legendary Love Academy and former co-host of the Power Couple podcast, she actively brings her vision for relational development to the mainstream in a fun, accessible, and easy, digestible way. To keep up with Kelsey, you can follow her on Instagram at Radical Self Love. I highly recommend that you go follow her. She has amazing content and her uh, Instagram handle will be in the show notes for today. And you can also check out her Legendary Love Academy, which is her signature program to teach you about relationships and relating to yourself in a way of self-love and then being able to create healthy relationships from that place. So you guys are going to love this and I just wanna give you a little bit of insight. This interview is a replay from the Confident Woman series, which is a online series that I hosted about a month ago. So this is a replay. So you'll hear at the beginning, we just jump right into the interview. There's not an introduction because I'm doing that intro here. And then at the end, it will cut off as well because that was a different um, program that we were offering. So um, you can enjoy the episode and just know that it is a amazing replay and I found it to be so valuable that I wanted to share it here for you on the feminine frequency. So enjoy, enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. 
I am so excited to be here with you all and to have my guest Kelsey here. We are going to be diving into all things feminine radiance and really unhooking from overfunctioning in relationships. But before we do that, I wanted to say hello for those of you who are new to this work. Uh, my name is Amy Natalie, and I'm an intuitive mindset coach. I support women in feeling confident in their mindsets in all areas of their life, relationships with business, in trusting your intuition. And I'm grateful to be here with Kelsey, who's a incredible self-love coach and um, one of the most brilliant minds when it comes to this new paradigm of being a confident woman in relationship and being in relationship with yourself. So welcome, Kelsey. I'm so grateful to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. What a beautiful intro. Yeah, we got the, um, I got the honor of doing an interview with you for my podcast, Feminine Frequency, maybe even just like a month ago. And I, yeah, pretty recent. recent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to continue to go deeper and to share your wisdom with this community. Me too. Yay. So um, let's start. I'd love to hear from you. What does confidence feel like for you? Mm. You know, there's like these two experiences that come up for me that are quite different, actually. Sometimes confidence feels like this like soft calm in my body. Like, ah, I'm just like relaxed and open and like, yeah, I can take on the world. My eyes are like sparkling and glittering. And like, there's just like this radiance that comes throughout my body. But then there's some times where there's that ping of like tension or anxiety that's also behind that. And I think it depends on the scenario that I'm in. And sometimes, you know, having confidence in having difficult conversations, it's not always going to feel like, ah, ease and flow and la, 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 la for me. And sometimes it does feel like a bit of a contraction and like, yikes, like this is a scary thing I'm about to do. And there's also this feeling of openness that I'm stepping into by doing the hard thing. So uh, for me, it, it's both of those experiences, depending on what the scenario actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you differentiating between those. And honestly, like doing courageous things can sometimes feel really hard and scary. Yeah. And we learn and we build confidence through doing those hard things. And I can mm-hmm. so relate to that. I've had many very honest conversations that are not always easy, but they are the most loving thing that we can Mm -hmm. do is being honest. And sometimes it's like really not fun and it's not easy, but Mm -hmm. on the other side, there's always so much growth and um, even just being like really proud of yourself for standing in your truth. At least that's my experience. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh wow. Like I did something really hard and I had a really hard conversation. So hundred percent. Yeah. So let's, let's go back a little bit in your journey, um, to how you really got to be so, um, well-versed in relationships and come to this place to be a self-love teacher. So sharing a little bit about your journey with self-love. Sure. Um, from as long as I can remember, I have always been obsessed with relationships and boys. Like I was one of those like boy, crazy girls. (laughs) 
in junior high and elementary school, like, um, like I remember my first crush at like six years old, his name was Michael and he lived on our cul-de-sac and I had like this deep desire to play house with him. And I'm like, I'm going to make this boy play house with me. I'm going to be the mom and he's going to be the dad. And he didn't want to play. And so I tricked him and I locked him in a bedroom and forced him to play house with me. And that was kind of like my MO in relationships from that point forward of like, I'm going to try and force an agenda. Like, even if these people are showing that they're not interested, like my pure will (laughs) can like bend their free will. And so it got me into a lot of, you know, questionable relationships and really unhealthy relational dynamics, but that passion for understanding love and understanding how relationships worked was always there. And it wasn't until my mid twenties when I went back to school and I was studying sociology, which is the study of how groups of people interact and then doing my psych classes in the background of like, how do we individually you know, work and how we're wired. And I was just so fascinated with all of that, but there weren't a lot of courses at that time in university around love and relationships specifically. And like, this is such bullshit. Like, (laughs) this is like the number one area of life. Like the quality of our relationships with other people really does play such a huge impact on the quality of our life. And then of course, the quality of the relationship we have with ourselves is also going to play into the quality of our life. And like, why is this not being taught? And then, of course, I went through a really like rupturing relationship that brought that piece of self-love front and center. And I noticed in that relationship that everything that I was looking to him to provide, I wasn't actually providing for myself and I was trying to outsource it to him. And so that really sent me on the path of like including self-love into the mix when I'm talking about relationships and doing relational trainings, because if we don't have a good relationship with ourselves, we don't know ourselves, it's really hard to open the gateway to allow someone else to know us if we're too afraid to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that is like the very general snapshot, because I know we don't have a ton of time today to go into the nuance of the story, but like there were a series of relational ruptures and, you know, wanting to learn and wanting to be better and having this hunger for understanding relationships in a way that was not being supported or taught in school, my family system, just the world around me. So mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how it started. Yeah. I love how this passion stemmed from almost like both like your own challenges, but also seeing around you in the world, like, wait, there's no one teaching about love and relationships, Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. is happening. And now you Mm -hmm. have your own academy to be able to provide that to women, which, and do you work with men and women in that? Or it's just men, women, people. um, Yep. It's, I mean, a lot of the courses that I personally teach and that I do like one-to-one coaching in, um, I work with women. Um, but I have had programs for men. All of my self-study stuff is so applicable to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like very, yeah, yeah, very gender being neutral. And, yeah, being yeah. human. 
<laughs> Amazing. So today we're going to be diving into a specific area of relationships, and this is really around overfunctioning um, in relationships. So, what is overfunctioning, and tell us some more about like why it happens in the first place. Sure. So, overfunctioning is an adaptation that we will often pick up early on in our upbringing, whether that was modeled for us or you know it, it was a response to trauma. Um, it is an adaptation. It's a behavioral adaptation that we develop in order to try and keep ourselves safe. And so, the overfunctioning is literally overfunctioning in a relationship. It's overdoing it. It's overgiving. It's taking on the responsibility of another person because on some level we a don't believe that they're capable of functioning for themselves but also there's like this shadowy part of it where it's like it's a way to keep the upper hand it's a way to maintain control and avoid intimacy so when we look at it through that lens and we can see that it's an early adaptation and we look at our early upbringing there's usually something that's happened where it wasn't safe to be vulnerable. It wasn't safe to receive love. And so we develop these adaptations as little people and young adults and then full-blown adults. We keep doing it because it's a, a structure and a pattern that you know, got us through some really tough situations. It served a really functional purpose at a certain point in time. But now it's wreaking havoc on intimacy and connection in relationship. So oftentimes with an overfunctioner, they will be paired with an underfunctioner. So someone who isn't really showing up for life, they have learned, it's, it's like learned helplessness. So whether they had an overfunctioning parent or guardian who just did everything for them so that there's this element of like, I'm entitled, I don't really have to do anything, or maybe they were left to kind of flounder on their own and they just, they never actually figured out how to do the things that an adult was supposed to guide them to figure out how to do. Mm -hmm. And so there's always a good reason why the adaptation gets developed. Like it's not because we're faulty or there's something wrong with us. But it gets to a point where we're like, shoot, like my relationship feels like I have a child or I feel like a child in my relationship. And like my, my partner is always parenting me or mothering me or fathering me, like whatever it is. And that feels gross. And that's because yeah, it's we're not sexy. It's no. like the opposite of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It really does not stimulate attraction or intimacy or any of that you know, sexual polarity that is required for any healthy, like romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's an adaptation that we often develop from early on. And then we keep playing it out until something happens that we're like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't working for me. Like I feel caged by that adaptation. And that's usually when we're ready to look at it. We're ready to work with it. We're ready to heal some of the underbelly of that. When we start to notice like, oh, this pattern is actually preventing my greatest expansion. It's mm -hmm. preventing the thing that I'm actually deeply desiring whether that's a healthy relationship, whether that is, you know, expansion in your career, whether that is just feeling radiant in your body. Um, it prevents all of those things from happening. 
which, yeah. whichever side of the fence you're on the underfunctioning or the, or the overfunctioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate how you broke that down. I would imagine there's probably spectrums too of like sure. how deeply overfunctioning you are. Mm-hmm. If there's like subtleties of it, I know for me, there's like, there's such a deep level of awareness that's required here. Right. Mm-hmm. When we notice like the autopilot or when we're functioning from that adaptation and noticing it and choosing not to do that. Right. It it might still come up, but like being able to recognize it and then be able to choose differently or to do the inner work to, um, really shift that. And there's so many times where I'm like, wait, I don't want to be like my partner's mom. Like that doesn't feel sexy or fun for me. And that doesn't feel fun for him. And Mm -hmm. we get to like, keep coming back to that of like, that's not what partnership is about. And like, um, yeah, it feels way more, um, there's a, there's a different flow of energy when Mm -hmm. there's not these two different roles or dynamics that we're playing. And yeah, I mean, how this plays into confidence is, you know, part of the reason why we over-function is because we're trying to make up for something that happened when we were younger that Mm -hmm. created walls or trying to have to control things and just like Mm -hmm. not really feeling that groundedness in ourselves. Would you say that that connection Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And with over-functioning specifically, like we often have a really hard time seeing someone else in pain mm-hmm. and seeing someone else struggle. And so like, there's always like the, the shadow side and, and the light side to it. So there's like this good hearted human in there. Who's like, ah, I don't want to see you suffer. I don't want to see you in pain. But what ends up happening when we go into fix-it mode is we actually rob the other person of their ability to cultivate their own confidence and competence inside of being a functional adult, which means we're not actually anchored to our competence or our confidence either when when we're hooked in that pattern. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like it, it's not an always you know happening pattern in terms of like every single day of your relationship, it's going to look like this. Usually things get triggered or you might over-function in one friendship and under-function in another or over-function in one area of life and under-function in another. Like it's so nuanced for every single person, but usually there is something that triggers it, which means when the trigger happens, like your confidence foundation has been shook a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the way that we kind of course correct. We're like, oh, that feels uncomfortable, <laughs> disconnected. And so let me go into like controlling and fixing and trying to, you know, move them out of their discomfort so that I don't have to feel discomfort too. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. I've seen that a lot in relationships, the trying to fix it. So everything's okay. And mm-hmm. yeah, it can be exhausting. It isn't really fair to your partner because they're fully capable human beings. And when we hold our partners in that space, mm-hmm. they're capable of so much more and like, it feels so much better. So, totally. so when people are triggered like that, that noticing of that feeling and they like want to go to fix it, Um, what are some of the deeper healing that gets to be done here Mm -hmm. to really unhook from this pattern of over-functioning? And one of the easiest things, but I mean, it's simple, but maybe not so easy actually, um, is by telling the microscopic truth on yourself, which in that moment would be to your partner, oh, whoa, something just happened. And like, I feel a little bit shook off my center and I'm having the impulse 
to meddle and interfere and fix this for you because I'm really uncomfortable with seeing you struggle. That's what it would look like. Mm -hmm. And it's in bringing that material from the shadow out into the open, into the light, that we stop giving it momentum. But when we try and cover it up and like, oh, that's not happening, that's not happening, that's not happening, and we use denial and <laughs> we create a delusional reality around ourselves, then we inevitably have to find someone to blame and someone to like off-put our responsibility and our accountability to. And so then we stay stuck in that loop and the hook gets deeper, it gets deeper. So mm -hmm. telling the truth on yourself is such a powerful tool to start healing this pattern. And then getting really honest of like, this is what I do. Like, these are the behaviors that I do, or these are the subtle ways that I've been trying to manipulate you or trying to get you to not feel uncomfortable because I feel uncomfortable and outing that material to your partner so that they can hold you accountable as well when you start doing it because they're probably going to see it a mile away. They're going to see it long before you do. And they can be like, hey, you're mm -hmm. doing that thing again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And they're going to feel so much safer with you when you, totally. you share, like it's so vulnerable and it might feel so scary and you might feel like, Oh shit, if I tell them that I'm trying to do this thing, then they're going to think I'm manipulating them. But really they already know you're freaking doing that. And totally. energetically they know they're, that you're doing it. And so when you can mm -hmm. speak into it and be honest and take ownership, then there's opportunity for change, right? hundred percent. 100%. And it gives them an opportunity too to come forward with their side of, of the dance here because it's never one-sided. It's always both people are contributing to this dance. And one person has to be brave and go first. And if we're talking about confidence, like we want to really kind of come back into our confidence by activating that courage and that bravery to have the hard conversation, to initiate it, go first and be like, yep, this is ugly, you know, but this is what I do. And then it invites them to take ownership of the ways in which maybe they're kind of pushing you into that role of being a parent. Mm -hmm. Oh, like I can see when I do this, <laughs> you know, it contributes to you doing that. And we can start to unpack the dance that's happening there more from an objective, like top down perspective of like, let's just observe our relationship. Like there's no good, bad, right, wrong. Like no one's better or worse than the other person. We're both in this together. We're both contributing to this. So let's just out the parts that need to be brought from the shadow out into the open so that we don't give ourselves a free pass to keep doing this, you know, stuff that really doesn't work for us because it's ultimately breaking down the intimacy and the connection. Mm -hmm. And then you know, also having a conversation of like, what is our desire in this relationship? Get really clear. Like a lot of people go into a relationship with no mission. Like they, they're just like, oh, okay, I'm in a relationship. Poof, phew. Like now it's like, I can deal with that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's not a lot of intention and there's not a lot of creation that's happening inside of that union, which you know, really does create an environment for a lot of these patterns to come out of the woodwork in dysfunctional ways. They still got to come out <laughs> regardless of if we have a clear mission or intention 
um, with our partnership. But at least when we have that mission and intention, then we can easily come back to center when we notice that we're offside. So we can be like, ooh, we're a little outside of our agreement right now. Let's come back. Let's come back. Let's mm-hmm. do a little connection ritual. You know, let's go to a rage room and like, smash some bottles, like whatever we need to do to get back into right relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier when there is a lot more intention into, well, what does this relationship stand for? What is our mission together? Like, what do we desire out of this relationship? So much mm-hmm. easier to come back into those points of connection when we have that common, like North star together. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for this conversation and for the way that you talk about relationship because it's so far from the norm. Like it's so far from what we're taught and it's also so necessary. I believe it's the new paradigm of relationship is being in real conversations and real relationship, you know, and, and and having these challenging conversations, which takes confidence and courage Mm -hmm. to do. So um, I know that, you know, there's a piece of this feminine reclamation that you teach about. And I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear, you know, how does that play into this unhooking from this pattern? Yeah. Well, when we over-function, our receptivity is shut down. And like there, we're like over-giving. And so it's a lot of outward energy, which is actually a lot of masculine energy. And so part of our healing, especially as women, and also this would be applicable for men or people because it's, it's the energy component. Like we both have the outward masculine energy and the inward receptive mm-hmm. feminine energy. And so if we're over functioners, we are really comfortable in the outward masculine energy. And we might be a little uncomfortable in that receptive feminine mystery. And so part of the healing is opening the doorway to receptivity. And when we do that and we're like, oh, don't have to do it all on my own. Like, oh, I can like take a breath. Like, oh, I can feel my body. All of a sudden we start to generate a radiance from the inside out Mm -hmm. because we're not exhausting all of our energetic resources by trying to take care of everyone else but ourselves Mm. yeah it's kind of like a distraction it's like let me fix everyone else so that i don't have to pay attention to what's actually going on here that's not working 100 percent. yeah and so part of what makes that opening the door of receptivity more accessible is cultivating a relationship with our grief because often that is one of the core emotions that's pretty clogged up and congested when we're hyper-focused on other people and fixing other people, we're not totally connected to our grief, which also connects us to our compassion, which then opens the door for it to be safer to receive. And then in order to really have that feel safe, we have to bring our boundaries online Mm -hmm. and for our boundaries to really be active in a healthy way, we have to be connected to our anger. Mm-hmm. I was going to so, say anger, resentment, grief, yeah. like all of that. You yeah. got to bring those online too. And that's often another core emotion that is quite blocked with an overfunctioner. Because once we really start opening the door and looking at everything that's happening here, there is a lot of anger 
there is a lot of resentment for having to over-function and like do these things that people should be able to do for themselves or the anger of not being taken care of ourselves. And whether that's, you know, our partner really tuning into our needs or whether it's our inner child who's pissed because we've been neglecting them. And so we have to really start to cultivate a healthy relationship with these two core emotions so that we can open the doorway to more receptivity and we can feel safe in that because we have boundaries that we're willing to uphold. And we're clear that those boundaries are correlated with our core values. And so we're not putting up walls, we're opening doorways to deeper connection, which is very vulnerable and our receptivity has to be online in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love like once we start digging into like one part you know. of the relationship, it's like here's the Pandora's box. We got boundaries, we got inner child, we got all all of all it. The things. And also it's so worth it. It's so beautiful. It creates a lot of liberation when we can release and unhook these patterns that simply aren't serving anyone really. Yeah. And they're mostly hurting ourselves when we're constantly stuck in this overfunctioning, right? So I see like so much possibility for more radiance when we're not constantly in this giving and like forcing or fixing. Those are all, um, you know, over-functioning energies that can, that I can feel so interesting as you're talking, I'm like running through all these relationships that I know of mostly family dynamics. And I'm like, Oh yeah, pretty much all these, like there's this over-functioning pattern. And I'm sure everyone who's watching has either seen it in their parents or are in an over-functioning, under-functioning dynamic or has seen it in friends. Like it's so clear, this pattern. And that's the thing that I love about conversations like this, whether it's podcasts or being here on this series is like, we literally just need this um, uh, welcoming in or this understanding of a new perspective Mm -hmm. to then be able to see it. And yeah. once we can see it, then we can work on it. But if we don't see it, it's like just this thing that happens in the background and keeps happening until we crash and burn or things don't work out totally. and then we work on it. So I really appreciate you bringing this. Mm. I feel like it's definitely a more like advanced conversation in sure. relationships. And I know that our audience is ready to hear it because we're here having this. Conversation. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing it. So. <laughs> we're diving deep. Yeah. yeah. 2020 is the year. It's, yeah. We're going to go deep. That's for sure. We're doing it. <laughs> um, so let's talk more about feminine radiance because sure. I love the sound of that. And I know that anyone who wants to feel more confident, like any woman who's looking to feel more confident, like that's what they want. They want that radiance mm. and that sparkle and the magnetism. And like, how do we create more of that? Mm. I mean, one of the simplest ways is to become a good little pleasure hunter. And what that means <laughs> is you're constantly on the hunt for things that please and delight you. And so much of our day, we're going through with this lens of like what pisses us off or what annoys us or like what's not working. And so, of course, we're going to find evidence of that. And so when we want to welcome in more radiance, we have to flip the script. We have to be willing to look for different evidence. And it's not a denial of the reality of the world or the reality of situations that we might be facing or going through, but it's an addition of hey, maybe there are some things that please and delight me, that feel pleasurable in my body, um, that I just have blinders on about. And so 
for me, it always started at the place of let me look for evidence of things that please and delight me and just feel how that feels in my body and notice like, where is that landing in my body? Why does that please and delight me? Like, oh, this is what pleasure means to me. And that gives us an opportunity to expand our scope of pleasure to move it out of solely being about sex. Because for a lot of people, um, pleasure has been collapsed with sex and intimacy in that regard. But it's so much more expansive than that. Like, and if we start to bring our senses online and work with our sensory experience, then we get to experience pleasure in all of these different ways. And yes, sometimes that might be sexual or sensual, cool. But the majority of your day, that's not how it's going to occur. The majority mm -hmm. of your day, you're like, ooh, that smells really nice. Or, oh, that meal tasted so good. Like, I love the texture of that food in my mouth. That's what I was thinking about when you were like pleasure hunting. I was thinking about like, okay, what feels good in my body? And I was like, yeah, when I take a bite of really good food, I do this like little dance thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know mm -hmm. I'm doing it, but like my body does this little it's like, like yeah. dance thing. And then uh, one of our mutual friends, Kate, shared about one of her friends they were eating like a dessert and her friend legitimately had like an orgasm at the table and they were all laughing and it was like wow like what if we can all just open up to experience yeah. more of that pleasure in in the daily um yeah in our daily experience and I love this because I teach my clients to look for miracles and when mm -hmm. we start to open our eyes to miracles we and miracles are moments where we're choosing love over fear or something's happening that's like you know, just really beautiful on appreciating it. And when we can be more present to these miracle moments, to these pleasure experiences, it's like, of course, where you place your attention is going to grow and you're going to have more and more pleasurable experiences and opportunities come when we start to look for them. So it's not that there aren't also unpleasant experiences or life happening in the background. And it's just like, let's put more attention and energy into these areas that really light us up, that make us feel alive. And I just feel like even for me, I'm thinking like, you know, when I think um, and I look at um, like angel numbers, you know, like mm -hmm. I look at the clock mm -hmm. at 11, 11 and I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, it's so silly. And when I'm with all my friends, like we do the same thing and it's like, yes, but with that, like life is so much more enjoyable and so much more fun, regardless of what it means. It's like, oh, I'm looking for these little signs that like remind me I'm being guided and that like life is amazing. And yeah. like, so what are some of your things that you notice as far as like pleasure goes? Are there any, like when you're, maybe when you first started this experience, what were some of the things that you started to notice when you opened yourself up to looking for pleasure? I mean, I have always been obsessed with numbers and number sequences. So that was always <laughs> like a sign that I would look for. And I still do. Like every time I see like a triple number, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this like moment of delight. my and partner thinks I'm so I mean he's into the woo too but I'm mm -hmm. just, sometimes I say and he I can tell he's just like okay and I'm like it's really exciting mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and so for me like I have a Scorpio moon so like mystery and signs are like my jam. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for hidden meaning and the ways that the universe is communicating to me. And so when I first started doing this, I would actually take myself out on pleasure walks 
with the only, like the only intention of that walk was to collect evidence of things that delighted me. Hmm. And so I started to just be more present because I was noticing things in my immediate environment, like, whoa, like that leaf is gorgeous or that little squirrel is really cute. Like his tail is so bushy, like <laughs> so adorable. Or just the way that like a dog's eyes would light up and his tail would wag and like wiggle. And so there was so much evidence around me all the time. And a lot of it had to do with things in my immediate environment. So like in my neighborhood, just do like a walk around the block and look for things that please and delight me. I also would do a version of this of like looking for something that I'd never seen before. Mm. And so that started to like open up my perspective or if I'm driving to a certain destination, take a a route that you've never taken before Mm -hmm. and let your body, but also spirit guide you where you need to go. And those you know, small little things started to bring a lot of magic back into my experience. And I'm like, literally everything's so magical all the time. (laughs) This is incredible. And then I was able to deepen that practice with my, my senses. So playing with a different sense every single day, like today, I'm going to look for things that delight me today. I'm going to smell things that delight me today. I'm going to listen to things that delight me today. I'm going to taste things that, that delight me, or I'm going to feel or touch things that delight me. And then I like overhauled my whole wardrobe Mm-hmm. And got rid of everything that did not feel good. And I'm such a tactile person and I'm always petting things and touching things. <laughs> and I need to have like the softest blankets and like the material of my clothes needs to feel pleasurable to my touch. And when I go shopping, I will literally pet everything in the store and it could be the cutest outfit, but it, it feels terrible to my, my senses. I won't even try it on. Like mm-hmm. it's just a hard no. And so that also helped me like get really clear on what I desire, what I like, what I don't like, um, which then becomes much easier to communicate needs and desires relationally when we have more intel, when we have more data in this mm-hmm. area. Yeah, so, it's a great way to get to know yourself. Totally. Mm-hmm. So simple stuff. Yeah, so fun. I love like even just in this conversation and as you're listening to this conversation, like I want you to feel and like I, I'm experiencing like the vibration rising and it feels mm-hmm. pleasurable to talk about things that bring you delight and joy. So thank you for bringing yeah. your joy and your, your lightness to um, us today. And I know that there'll be many women who are curious in these deeper realms of relationships. So yeah. you have a free gift for everyone who's watching. Do you want to share a little bit about it? Yeah. So it's my free shadow work journaling guide. So we we touched on that a little bit in the interview here today of how much our shadow is at play with a lot of these patterns. And so the shadow is just elements of ourselves that we've disowned. So parts of us that we don't want to admit are there, that we've disowned, that we're afraid to admit out into the world. And I think it's a lot easier to bridge that confident conversation and courageous conversation with a partner or a friend or a guide or a teacher when we've first had that conversation with ourselves and journaling 
in this regard is such a, a wonderful gateway to open that door of like, oh, okay, these, these are some of the things that are going on inside of me that I don't want anyone to know or that I'm afraid that people will find out about me. And so we get it out on paper so that we can start creating a relationship to that part of ourselves instead of continuing to cut ourselves off, disown, turn away, because that's what causes so much interference in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes these patterns to really gain a lot of momentum and, um, you know, just diverge us from the actual intimacy that we're really craving and we really want. Mm, yeah, I think being intimate with oneself, um, which it sounds like that's what this tool is for, allows us to be more intimate with others. So thank you for sharing this gift for um, our audience. You can access Kelsey's free gift below this video. There'll be a button. You just go ahead and access it there. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching this interview. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us. And You're welcome. thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys on the next interview. All right. Thank you so much for joining for this episode with Kelsey Grant. Again, if you want to continue following Kelsey and to learn more from her, you can visit her Instagram at Radical Self Love. You can find all of the details there on everything that she offers. So make sure to check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag me at Amy Natalie Co. And you can obviously tag Kelsey as well. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And I also want to remind you that you have until tomorrow evening at midnight. So depending on when you're listening to this, this is on November 27th at midnight to catch the 50% off for my desire manifesting workshop that is coming up on December 12th. So you can click on the link in the show notes to join me for the desire workshop. It's only $111 for the half day workshop. If you sign up during the black Friday sale, and then after that it is 222 and you can find the link for that as well on my Instagram bio at Amy Natalie co. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day and I appreciate you being here. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.